right, all right, all right, people. We back. We back with the Respectfully Unruly podcast with your boy Just Call Him Justin, your man Ab, Ab to the AB. Um, well, today's podcast, we're going to um, we'll talk about a number of topics later on, especially about, you know, what happened in Texas, um, all-star selections and who got snubbed. And, of course, we're going to hit um, my boy Edwards' dunk. That's probably the dunk of the year so far. But what I wanted to first uh, touch on, I want to touch on, uh, I just want to do a quick, a quick recap. I know some of the uh, teams on this list already played some uh, games, but I just wanted to take a quick time out to recognize last week being what I deem the week of the comebacks. So uh, last week, uh, the Nets, both the Nets and the Bulls, um, respectively, had two historic comeback performances by uh, by uh, depleting a 24-point deficit. Also, the Pelicans just the other day in the uh, Sunday night um, premier matchup against the uh, Celtics um, obliterated a 25-point, um, uh, completed a 25-point comeback to defeat the uh, Boston Celtics. So my question's really for my boy, uh, just call him just, like, are comebacks, should comebacks still be celebrated and be taken seriously still, or is, are we such accustomed to teams like the like just obliterating a twenty point one deficit that is like it's it's numb to us. Um so first thanks everyone for uh for uh coming through and listening. Um yeah I mean look in the age of of the three point shot it um it will just constantly have situations where a team will not be out of the game until they're kind of out the game, if that kind of makes any sense. You have the ability to come back against anybody if you get hot from the perimeter. It's funny because the uh, the Celtics game didn't really work out that way. It wasn't like the Pelicans hit a lot of threes. I think the Pelicans are the second or the worst three-point shooting team in the league um, right now. Um they and that's not really how they lost the game. They lost the game because they couldn't stop Zion in the paint, which makes sense. Like their center situation is really bad. Um, they probably have the worst center rotation in the league. Um, and so, like with that being said, it's hard for them to like really be able to get rebounds. And that's honestly what it was. It wasn't the no 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 no. Um, let me can I, let me let me let me just, let me just interject you right there. It wasn't the problem. wasn't that they couldn't stop Zion. I think the problem was that Tatum and Brown just did. Well, Brown had like one of those games where he'll go for like six for like twenty two or some shit, and and they'll score like twenty one points. You know what I'm saying? The problem that I saw with that game was that because <laughs> funny enough, I was watching them, my girl. But the the problem I saw with that, with that game was like. Kemba didn't come through. Like, no one came through on the offensive end for the Celtics. The Celtics actually were getting second chance. Yo, it was like, it'll there'll be, like, possessions where, like, the Celtics will get, like, two and three chances at a shot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Versus, like, the Pelicans, they'll be, like, a one and done. And plus, I think, uh, what's the, uh, I forgot, I forgot the young man's name, but he, he's, I think he's a, uh, a either a second year 
player that comes off the bench for the Celtics. He has um, he he plays at center. Talking about uh, yeah, I know you're talking about Robert Williams. Yeah, he had it like I think he had about what two blocks and plus him and um, what's the uh? Huh, every time I get on this podcast, it's like I get it like uh, Young Simers. But not uh, let me not uh, mock myself like that. But it's like I'll just forget everyone's name. What's my other boy? That what's the other center that starts? They start Daniel Tice. Yeah, Daniel Tice. So and him and Daniel Tice. Tice no, no, but just yeah, just stop right there. So Williams and Tice both stuck um Zion. Like <laughs> Zion was trying to body him up. And this is before yeah, the play. You realize then, that, no, no. that Zion was the reason why they lost the game, right? They couldn't. No, get no. It. Before, before, before the Tristan play, Zion got stuffed a couple of times in that game. Yeah, by I'm Williams not saying he didn't get stuffed, but the play mm-hmm. that you're talking about, when he got blocked twice, he got the rebound twice, and still put the ball in the hole. And then he got the and one on Tristan Thompson to end to to put them up. And then that's when Jalen, not Jalen, Jason Tatum hit the hit the jump jumper shot, yeah. to tie the game. Well, she almost he still got them in the paint, and then he's still able to kick out to Brandon Ingram. Look, this is the problem with the Celtics. Like, one, they just don't have a lot of good players. That's kind of mm-hmm. what it is. But not to mm-hmm. specifically talk about like that. It's like overall in the league now, it's like the pace of play. And the same thing happened. Like the, the, the Knicks were playing the Timberwolves, and they had a 21-point lead. And into the – they had a 21-point lead like half – or like towards the end of the third, it ended up being, I think, a 19-point lead in the fourth and they got it down to 10 in 90 seconds. That's all it takes. If you're able to hit perimeter shots and just in the pace of the, just in the pace of the game, you're going to be able to stay within the margins. That's why like you'll have these like crazy, like expansions. You can have a team blow another team out by 30 points and you could mm-hmm. have a team blow a 25 point lead just because mm-hmm. of like the pace of the game where like you're taking yeah. a lot of teams are taking bad shots early in the shot clock. You're just running, running, running. And before yeah. you look it up, you're in a 10 point game with five minutes left. That's five possessions. It might be three possessions if you know, you're the other team hits three threes. So yeah. it's like, me... yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish with, finish with No. So yeah, my, my point is, it's just like, these things aren't, to me, these things aren't anomalies. Especially like now, you know, just because um, we're now at a place where like we we shoot so much from the perimeter and like the volume of shots are such that it's going to be like seeing teams. You're going to have to play, you know, close to 40 minutes a night against everyone in the league. Like the talent in this league is scary. You can argue the two teams that have the worst talent in the league, right? Or the two worst teams in the league are the Timberwolves and um and Detroit, the Pistons. Okay. And even though Detroit, and even the neutral teams have, have Yeah, some... but again, Detroit, you could argue I, I personally think that Jerry Jerry and Grant, and we can talk about all stars in a minute because it just came out. Um I don't think he should have deserved an all star team, an all star vote. Yo, but he's coming. Able to he's add, coming, man. He's coming. He's the guy coming. was able to average 25, essentially 25 yeah. points on very yeah. good efficiency when he's literally their only offensive threat. So like, yeah, he's going to trade there for he's, all He's going to be a top and 10 uh, two-way player. On, Jesus. And then on the other side, you have the Timberwolves, who have seven wins, who have two number one picks, and D'Angelo Russell, who's the number two pick in the draft. 
they just fired their coach. And again, oh, we get, oh, both man, of those we'll guys just made all-star teams in the last four seasons. Mm. So it's like the talent pool in this league is so deep that it's it's not surprising to see someone beat another team or just like teams just blow these huge leads just because of like, you're not going to roll into a team and like, you don't have someone who is either all-star caliber or has made an all-star team in the last couple of seasons. I just want to point out that uh, Jerry and Grant is going to be one of the top two-way players in the league. Like, I, top like what? I, he's going to be one of the top two-way players in the league. Top what players? Top two-way, two-way players. No, he's not. Two-way players, yes. Dog, he plays defense. When he wants yeah, to. Yeah, that's, that's like, good. His team if, has eight wins. His team has eight uh, wins. Okay, the team has eight wins, but it's okay. It's a yeah. team game, but I'm talking about again, him, him again, specifically. This is, this is this is my whole point about anyone. I can literally take. I would argue. But hold on, but, but, but hold on before you before put you, him and put them where Jeremy Grant is playing, and they'll give me the same numbers. All right, but I'm talking about a two-way player. Like he plays defense. Like he's dedicated. Yes, they can especially do the same. I don't especially when he plays. Especially especially when he plays LeBron. Like I don't understand. Like he when when he plays LeBron, it's like he sees like. He's like a shark in the water. Like, he just sees a uh, red. That's fine. Anyway, I think he has good defense. Anyway, I think he's a good player. I him, don't him, think he's him. like – I think he is what we've shown him to be in Detroit is what he is. He is a fourth starter on a Western Conference team. Him and Lou Dort are probably, like, two of the youngest dudes that I see. Like, this is going to be one of those defensive stoppers for, like, uh, a Defensive stoppers are not real. We need to stop doing that in like the game. Like defensive defensive stoppers are not real. When you need us, when you need to get a stop on a certain player, you're gonna have to. Those players are the ones that usually get Dude, to. Dude, these guys are too good. It does not matter what you do. You so can do you saying that right? Okay. And they'll make a shot on you. You the best. You so can you're do, saying that you can't still you can't get a steal you can't get a swipe you can't get a block. Yeah, you can have plays. We're talking about so you again. This is why I feel like we have a lot of arguments in this chat. You take something because you no, no. Say and expand it out. And when I'm trying to say something very concise, I'm not. They're not saying something have, that's hold, concise though. I'm not right. saying you can't have plays like mm-hmm. a steal, a block, a forced turnover. Um, okay. A bad shooting percentage. I'm not saying you can't have plays Let me know. Okay. in a game. What I'm trying to say is that, like, through the course of a series, when you play seven times, potentially, you're not stopping these dudes. You're not stopping James Harden. James Harden is going to get his points. You're not stopping Steph Curry. You're not stopping LeBron. Like, you might have them shoot porous, poorer than, like, their normal percentages, but... There is no such thing as stoppers. That this idea of a stopper is not real. It's like we 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 try to put these things out in a lot of ways. Like that is a myth. Like we can't stop dudes in the league now. Okay, you make you make blanket um statements, and then when someone challenges you on it, you want to double back. You want to talk to you. You want to double back and say that you're making something that's concise. You said that you didn't make any sense. Wait, you can literally I, can said I, you can can't I, get steals or blocks, and I never said that. Yeah, yes, that's what you're saying. You said there's there's that's no stoppers in the league. Can I can I can I can I finish? That's up? not what I said at all. You said there's no such thing as stoppers in the league. What that I'm is, saying yeah, is that there's no such thing as defensive stoppers. What I'm saying is that someone is a dis- uh, defensive stopper when they can consistently in crunch time or when you need to 
get a stop on someone, they could stop See, someone from actually scoring. What is it? So is Patrick Beverly a defensive stopper? Oh, God. No. So who's the defensive stopper? Right now in the league, who can stop you on defense? Um, well, LeBron did it to uh, Murray in the Western Conference Finals. Um, well, Jamal Murray is not an elite um, offensive player over a course of time. I understand he had okay. a good All point. right, you know what? Let's go to the next topic. Career. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go to the next topic. Uh, so, oh, let's go. Like, look at the scores in the game, the Hardens, the LeBrons, the Steph Currys. Who's who's stopping them? Who's locking them up? They're going to get their shots. Like, you might be able to affect them in certain ways. We're like, all right, you can do stuff. But, like, there's not much you can do. Because if your literal, because your literal sense, your literal understanding, because this is. The season that he was third in MVP and third in defensive player of the year. Got fifty piece by 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 Dame Lloyd. Fifty piece. Okay, what, you what get you to do. Like you get people, you stop people. Yes, you, it, it happens. It happens, Justin. But here's my Justin, thing. people are going to score. You the guy averaged thirty for the series. I don't okay. know how he was a stopper. He had six games to prove that he was a stopper. He got thirty. I'm not arguing at that point, but go ahead. I'm gonna let you finish. But are you done? Who's who's the defensive? Are you stopper? done? Are you done? Okay. So back in the 2019 um, Easter Conference Finals, uh, they put Kawhi on Giannis, and Giannis did not just. Be, all right, let me let me start. Let me start. Can I? But can I? Can I? Can I? Can I finish? Can I? Can, wait, wait. Can I? Because you put these statements that there's no. Because you're being in a. You're making it a literal comment. Like it's a liter. Like it's literal comments, and it's not Justin. A defense topper just has to stop you when it counts and stop you from actually scoring. He could. Swipe the ball, he could block the ball for me. Just like, just wait. Can I? Oh my god! Do you know? Can you? Can you? A defensive stop is someone that can get you, can get you a stop in a critical moment of the game. That's what a defensive stopper is. All right, so it's the name. So I have a quick question. So wait, can so I? Would you wait, wait, but you're interrupting me. Um, okay, on ahead. elite, on elite type players, probably like no, because we've seen if you've seen them get cooked. But like I was saying, going back to my um, so, who, so who's the elite elite? Oh my god! Can I, can I finish? Like I let you speak without you being like interrupting. So like I said, back in the twenty nineteen right. finals, Giannis was on the tear. Like I believe he averaged about fifty points a, uh, a game against uh, Joel Embiid. There was like a crazy stat that was on uh, Twitter that said that. But against uh against Kawhi, he only had like sixteen. You know, you understand what I'm saying? So like if I if someone averages so if someone averages let's say someone like a person like Giannis averages twenty eight points per game on like uh forty eight percent shooting but then over a series if you put uh somebody like Kawhi on him he only averages about uh let's say twenty one points per game on what thirty eight percent shooting like that's that's being stopped dog. Like that's being that's make that's that makes Kawhi a defensive stopper. It's not in the literal sense like, oh my God, uh, this this guy's a great scorer. I'm gonna stop him from touring completely. That's not that's not what that um moniker entails, Justin. But anyway, let's go to no no no. no. I, I gotta respond. So I didn't I didn't say okay. first of all. Okay. I I'm trying to figure out. So you say Kawhi. Okay. So Kawhi is a defensive stopper. Mm-hmm. Okay. When it counts. In yeah, crunch, okay. no, no, no. So, he so can, now, he can you, get your stop. Moving the goalpost, bro. One minute no. is it, it's when it counts, he gets stopped, or now it's he has to hold you underneath your. your it seat. encompasses so the whole thing. No, no, no. No, hold on. It encompasses the whole thing. Did I say anything when you talk? 
bet. So when I'm like, yo, because you just said you argue two different points. You try to say that, all right, it's an offensive stopper. When when it's key possessions, he gets you to stop. But then you tell me about Kawhi holding Giannis under like the 15 points in the East Conference Finals. By the way, that's not true. Second of all, that was a team defense of them building a wall I to said, get Giannis from not getting into the paint. He did not average 15 points. I said, my I've point said that as a, that, I said it as a as a as an example of a hypothetical. But example. that's not that doesn't make any okay. So how can you then take something from a series and then say? That makes you a defensive stopper because defensive stoppers get get stopped in critical moments of the game. That does, a that, high, that doesn't make a defensive stopper is a blanket statement. Do you so understand that you, now? But that still don't make no sense, bro. Oh, if you, you're okay. changing it up. You one minute it's you a blanket this statement. Is a stopper, now this is a defensive stopper. So it's which, multiple. Is it, it's it's yes. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's a blanket yeah, statement. Right. Okay, okay, okay. So if it's a whole thing, then. Then Kawhi, to me, apparently is the only defensive stopper in the league, even though he got cooked by Steph Curry in the NBA Finals. He got uh-huh. cooked by LeBron James in the NBA Finals. Uh-huh. Uh, Paul George, cooked by uh, Dame Lillard. Uh-huh. Jamal Murray, cooked the entire Clippers team. Where was Kawhi on him? Cooked them. Up uh-huh. and down. Where, where were they on Joker? Uh-huh. Cooked them. So what, do you, what is this thing about, about defensive stoppers? Because I can give you series and mm-hmm. moments where they didn't stop. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not saying that they are not good. They're going to get. They're going to. They're going to have their days when they get cooked. Like that's not just because you're a defensive. So you, you're never. You're never. You're never, you're never. You're never. Of course, because if you're going to get cooked by an elite player, you're getting cooked the by an elite player, player, dog. So, so now the defensive stoppers don't. Oh, uh, the elite, elite player players going to get his sometimes. Below elite players. Heard. That is also true too. What you just said is that also true. Make any, that doesn't make what you said is also true as well. Proper. All right, we're gonna we're gonna put a button on this topic because obviously Justin doesn't uh see anyone's point besides his own. So let's go to the. Oh yeah, we were talking about comebacks. So we were talking about the comeback week. So we so we already spoke about the Pel- the Pelicans. So now let's go to <laughs> one of the um. I guess all-star reserves, uh, Zach Levine and the uh, Chicago Bulls. So they came from a 24-point down uh, deficit to beat the Detroit Pistons. What? And currently, also one one uh, one um, fact about the Bulls. Apparently, they're they're trying to to get Lonzo Ball, ironically, from the Pelicans. Um, what do you think? Two things. What do you think about the pairing of Lonzo Ball with Zach Levine? And what do you think? Because the whole thing about that is because the Pelicans don't want to pay uh, Lonzo Ball the upwards of eighty million over four, right? So, well, no, they don't have to. Two questions. They don't have to pay him that. No, I said they don't want to pay him. I don't know. I say they don't have Lonzo to. Ball twenty million dollars a year. Uh, eighteen. I think eighteen. Uh, rounds out. I can see someone giving about, him eighteen. I don't see him yeah, giving him four. eighty million. Eighteen over four, bro. I mean, but there's two I, questions. There's wait, wait, no let's go, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. But, let's go. I mean, let's look, go to eighteen. Let's go. Hold on, hold on. Let's. All right. I'm gonna ask you two questions. One: How would a pairing of Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine play out? And two: Who like? Ooh, 
who pays Lonzo Ball this um coming uh I mean I I mean look personally it depends on what they're giving up like I can't see them trading Kobe White for Lonzo I was figured it would be like because the Pelicans don't really have any money that's the problem they're trying to cut salary so I would think I would think maybe they can get a protected first for Lonzo maybe at best but I mean like I guess the the value of trading for Alonzo, I think, is that you now get him in the building, you get to see his medicals, and you essentially can give him the first offer. And then it's like, all right, can you go out and find that second offer to beat our offer, you know? And then it kind of puts them in a little precarious situation because like if there's another team who is like yeah we'll give Lonzo 22 million dollars per year or whatever then the Bulls are kind of screwed because it's like all right we have to resign this guy um I think I think it would be interesting if you had a lineup maybe a closing lineup I don't know if you can start it just because it's Kobe White's really short but if you had a closing lineup of Lonzo Levine, White, Marketed, and Carter. Um, that'd be interesting because you have five shooters, essentially. Lonzo's not necessarily great at getting into the paint, but transition-wise, that team would, would be good if you're able to, like, run a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think, I think to me, Levine just kind of needs, like, I think it's fine, honestly. I don't think it's going to make or break them. I think that point guard play isn't really their problem. I think that they are soft inside and I don't think they play good enough defense. That's really the Bulls. It's the Bulls overall problem, and especially like at center. And they don't really have a lot of depth. So if they want to trade for Lonzo just to have him first and give him a first offer, sure. But I think, I think him and Levine will be fine. It's not, Lonzo's not a guy. I think Lonzo honestly works with if you have any two guard that is like a decent passer, it can get you anywhere between like 22 and 30 points. Lonzo's the Lonzo's the point guard for it because Lonzo won't really take shots away. Lonzo's kind of a catch and shoot guy, and Lonzo's going to guard the other team's best defensive player, a best offensive player. Also, not a defensive stopper. Dame Lillard just cooked him for 47, but you know, defensive stoppers, you know, they don't they don't guard elite players. Um, so I no think I think it would be fine. Players, but... They could get cooked by elite players, but go ahead. So now they can get cooked by elite players. Nah. They can't get cooked. Anybody could get cooked okay. in this league. A defense so stopper get... is an all encompassing. They're all. Let's stop. Go ahead. All right. Again, the defensive stopper. You defensive stopper. You getting cooked consistently? Can I? Can I? Can I? You gotta like. Can I, it's like a can tag I... you wear. So the, there's no def, there's no such thing as this, of a defensive stopper, but there's a, such thing as defensive player of the year. But let me answer your question. Yes, you a can be a defensive stopper. Wait, wait, wait. Year, wait you're not I... a defensive stopper. You're not stopping dudes. You can play good defense. Again, you're miscalculating what I'm saying. Can I, you can, can play I... good defense. You're not holding dudes. You're not holding LeBron James. If he's averaging 30 on the season, you're not holding him to 20. You're not holding you're not, him to like, 20. You're not you don't have to hold... You don't have to hold him to 20, but if he's shooting about 
49% of a percentage rate, you can uh, oh, notch him down to like him to 40. His percentages. So he has to take more shots. You know what I'm saying? Because like, wait, wait. Again, again. Good defense and stopper. You're trying to equate good defense and stopper. Those are not the same mm-hmm. things. You can play good defense and not mm-hmm. be a stopper. There are no stoppers in this league. A defensive stopper is a wide-ranging, encompassing um, moniker. Yeah, because whatever it fits okay. your definition, that's, I, that's the defensive stopper. Stop them in a game, defensive stopper. Stop them in a play, defensive stopper. To stop them in a series, defensive stopper. If you if you are consistent enough, that's you could gain that moniker. But again, okay, going back to this Lonzo, going back to this Lonzo trade. Well, the the rumor that I heard is that they want to play uh, Alexander Walker. They want to get him more minutes. Um, so by getting and by getting him more minutes, you have to duel away Lonzo and of course JJ Reddick. For what reason I don't know, but this is my thing, right? You get rid of Lonzo for a scoring shooting guard when you already have Bledsoe, you already have uh, Ingram and uh, and um, of course Zoe that all needs to get their shot, especially Ingram and especially Zoe. Ingram is he needs to get as much shot as possible because again he's a streaky shooter. He needs to get a rhythm going to actually uh affect the game more. Um going back to Lonzo, Lonzo now is so I was I was watching I was uh reading an ESPN article that said that his basement is between fifty and sixty mil, right? Just for just for being a facilitator. And that if he can add Three point shooting to that, that it could like incrementally bump up between seventy and eighty, right? And that's what I've been seeing him from him this season. Like he's been taking more three point shots than actually passing. Like his assist has went down, but I believe his three point uh, attempts have gone up this season. So he's he's incredibly aware of the money that he needs to be making, and I don't fault him. Like people like. On average, like, you only get two big contracts. Like, players in the league only get two, on average, players only get about two uh, two huge contracts. And this is his first one. He's already making three mil a year. He wants to make around 18. And I said, yo, go for it, dog. Bet on yourself. And also, I, it's also, I, I'm also a little bit biased because I'm a Lonzo Ball fan. Like, I genuinely want to see him do well in this league. I want to see him capture an all-star. But if he doesn't, then that's all right because, again, Lonzo plays defense. Lonzo can facilitate and he plays defense, which is one of the things that I do enjoy about his game. Uh, like in the game against the Celtics, he was the primary reason why um, Jalen Brown was shooting so damn poorly. When it came down to crunch time, him and Jason Hart was clearing Tatum and Brown out, and I love Tatum and Brown. Like I love, t- I absolutely love Tatum and Brown. But if you want to be, uh, but if you want to be absolutely um, real about this, in the last final minutes, Jason Hart was up um, Jason Tatum's ass. Lonzo was up Jalen Brown's ass. Like he wasn't going anywhere. And I think, like as a as an organization, like come on, uh, New Orleans, like you have a budding prototype point guard in your midst, like. Lonzo, I mean uh, Zion and 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 Ingram needs a player like Lonzo that can that can get them the ball in their spots. Like 
Like, come on, like what, like who, what do you, who are you trying to get? Like, Co- like Kobe, they're not gonna get Kobe White. Like, Bulls are not gonna depart from Kobe White. So, who are they really trying to get? You're trying to get another what? Uh, sh- uh, small forward, another shooting guard that needs that needs the ball. Like, come on. But anyway, now the last game I wanted to do a quick recap was the. Brooklyn Nets versus the Phoenix Suns. Now, the Phoenix Suns was whooping the Brooklyn Nets for at least two and a half quarters of that game. Uh, Brooklyn made a made a run in the third quarter and also made a run in the fourth quarter up to seal the deal. Um, in the fourth quarter, Chris Paul was going off. He was going off. He scored about sixteen points. Um, before the third minute mark. He hit a shot from the corner, I believe, a three-point shot from the corner. Cause he hit four shots in a row, but the last shot I think he hit was that corner three-point shot. And I said to myself, and which made the deficit, uh, I think they were down by eight at that point. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets were down by eight when he hit that. And I said to myself, that's going to be the last shot that he hits for this quarter. Like, he can't, like, the shots he was hitting was so incredibly difficult that I was like, he, he doesn't have it in him. And of course, he came back down during the uh, Brooklyn Nets made a, a, a minor run. He came back down, shot a three, bricked it, shot another uh, pull-up elbow, bricked it. Um, what do you say? Like the Nets are raw. So I have two questions. Like, I have two questions for you. The Brooklyn Nets are rolling right now without KD. They're on like a five-game winning streak. They've beaten uh, all the teams that you that you would um. Say they're good, that are title contenders this season. Where do you see the Brooklyn Nets finishing? And would you consider James Harden as a candidate for the MVP? When you say finishing, you mean the regular season or in the? Well, yeah. Would you see them finishing the regular season? Um, I think. You gotta see, cause like right now, I think this this road trip was somewhat impressive. I wouldn't say all the way impressive. Uh, I think that they played good teams, playoff teams. Um, they beat them all, uh, and I think that was a good win for them. But the problem is, is that you have to beat the teams in the East who will exploit the thing that they're bad at. None of the teams that they played all this week exploit the things that the Nets are bad at. Rebounding and defense on in the paint. So to answer your question, I actually think they have a chance because I don't know how many games Embiid is going to play in the regular season. You know, I do like the Sixers. I think they have a chance to be the number one team in the East. I let do me, think let that me, because let, let me answer your question right there on, on MD right quick. Let me um interject a little bit. Oh, you said that you don't know where Embiid's about to um so he's played about out of thirty two games. I know how many games played he's about, played. I'm saying I know he's missed like six games. What I'm saying yeah. is like I don't know going forward how many games he's going to play and so so uh sequentially I don't know how much it matters for the Sixers. Now, if you look at it like home court more fans are getting in seats. The NBA is trying to make a push for there to be fuller arenas by the time we get to the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if we're at 50% capacity. Now, the, the question is, 
how much does a half full Barclay Center or, um, you know, the where where Philadelphia plays like or like uh, where Milwaukee plays? How much does that matter? I, we don't know. I don't know. If you look at it, whole like road teams have a significantly bigger. Um, advantage now. They're winning way more games than they've won the last couple of years, so I don't know what this is going to mean in the playoffs. And again, Embiid is never going to play all whatever the amount of games we have on the schedule to play. So with that said, and Milwaukee's kind of faltering. So I can't see the, the Brooklyn being the number one team in the East um, at the end of the season. And to ask your question for Harden, I don't think the media types will vote for him just because of, I think, what happened in Houston, it will always be kind of a black eye for him. So I don't think he'll he'll get the, the requisite votes. And also, I think the, the Brooklyn guys will constantly cast each other out. I think there'll be a week where Katie's averaging 35 on 50, 50, 90, you know? I think there'll be a month or a couple of weeks where Kyrie's, you know, 25, 5, 5, you know, on the same shooting percentage. I just think there's... That that award stuff, those MVP stuff, is gonna be the same thing like the Warriors, same thing like um, those uh, the Boston teams. Those guys are just gonna cancel each other out. So I don't think Harden will. I don't think Harden honestly will make the top five, for real. And it's it's so wide open just because like, you know, you have if people thought LeBron was at the top or I thought he was, the team just lost three straight. You know, it's Embiid's missing now, missing games, even though he just had 50 piece last Friday. Um, you know, I think Dame is definitely climbing up the ladder now. The fact that like his team's fourth and it's eighteen, so they're eighteen and ten. So it's wide open. I'm not saying Hardy can't win it or sneak up and be in the top five. I just think this is the one season where like there is really no clear cut favorite to me of who is like going to win the MVP. All right, speaking of um. Earlier, we talked a little bit about Lonzo Ball's future. So there's been a discussion that popped up today. Well, two discussions that popped up today about um a potential trade for CJ McCollum. And so I don't know if this was – I didn't uh, do enough research to see if this was like – I think it was a meme that was going around about a potential trade to the Knicks. Do, would you – That's not going to happen, bro. Wait, why not? Go ahead. Why, not? why? Why? Okay, give me one reason why the 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 Blazers are trading CJ McCollum. I have that. It was a it was a rumor, bro. So we have to go about. What okay, but like I need was. it's fine. There's a lot of things that are rumors. I need like mm-hmm. a reason why. At least like if there's a rumor, I, guess... I can back it up. Like there's rumors Bradley Beal might get moved, but there are reasons why. Um... Why? Why is CJ getting traded? Or why would Portland want to trade CJ? Why does CJ want to leave? I don't know. Probably they the the uh, Swag Brothers um experiments probably ran its course. The what brothers? I'm the Swag Brothers. That's what they're called. Yeah, Swag Brothers. Yeah, you just made Swag it up Brothers. Now. No, no, they're 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 called the Swag Brothers. No one calls them that, but okay. Um, yeah. I guess all right to answer your question, I think this. This could take all of five seconds to do. Um, no, I don't think that McCollum's getting traded. No, I don't think the Knicks should trade for McCollum. 
because of the things that's going to cost them to give up. Um, so no and no. I think this is pointless. I think that this is like, this is the same thing that happens in like football where like, you know, the 49ers asked if Aaron Rodgers was available. Sure, you can ask. He's not available. Same thing with McCollum. Sure, you can ask. He's not available. They're not trading. The, the Blazers are not trading McCollum. I don't need sources to know that. I just have I just have a brain and I know how the NBA works. They're not trading him. Okay. Well, why would they put it out there though? They didn't. Put somebody it out there. put it out there. Someone put it out there, but I don't know why they put it out there. I think what I think personally, what happened, if you look at the like actual report that came about, there were several guys that were mentioned in that report. It was, um, it was CJ, it was CJ, it was it was uh, Bradley Beal, it was Zach Levine, in those rumors. I think. So you think what the media creating it? Was this. Huh? So you think it's being created by the media, or do you think that? No, because what I think happened was I don't think it was made up. I don't think I, I feel like someone told it's Stefan Bondi, the guy who got the report. I think someone mm-hmm. told Stefan Bondi. What I personally think happened was was they they spoke to um, they spoke about all the players who were who like the Knicks might have been targeting or monitoring, and I think McCollum's name. I think a lot of people's names came up. And I think the fact that it was McCollum and it was an interesting name that he put his name in the report. I think the Knicks are going to check in on every player. That's what, West, that's what Worldwide West's job is, to check in with every star player. I bet you he checked in with Dane's agent. Hey, do you want to leave? No? Okay, bet. CJ's agent. Yo, and check. And I feel like it's not – I feel like the McCollum thing isn't as ridiculous, even though I think it is on its head as Dame is. You can argue, all right, they've played together for a long time. They um, have only gone to the Western Conference Finals. They're two short guards. Like, how long do they want to play together for, for any longer? But the flip side is, McCollum, like, went on a podcast, I think it was Bill Simmons' podcast, like, three weeks beforehand and said, like, yeah, we like playing together. We're okay with each other. We don't want to leave. Y'all been trying to trade up, trade me specifically, CJ, for the last four seasons. Like, I think CJ, unless the Blazers get like a conniption and are like, yeah, let's trade CJ McCollum. Also, like, what are the Knicks outside of Julius Randle do the Blazers even want? RJ Barrett? Y'all I want, would say, y'all want me personally, Thompson? I'll say, I'll take, well, if I'm the Knicks, I'll, I'll, for CJ no, no, McCollum, no, no. The if you're they the said, if you're the Blazers, he's like, All right, huh? I'm trading CJ McCollum. What on the Knicks do I want? Uh, Mitch Randall. Rob, Mitch Rob. They already have. I, I want, I want people that play defense. I want people, but come on, they're not. I mean, Enos Cantor probably won't even be on that team. CJ McCollum was almost going to be an All Star. Um, you want Mitchell Robinson? Like, what are we wait, talking about? But I haven't. But you have it again. You asked me a question. I said one name, and then you then you interrupted me, and then you say, "What are you talking about, dog?" And I finished. Okay, so wait, wait. He's the first guy you you pick on all the roster. Oh god! All right, so can I finish? Is it continue? Okay, so if I'm the Blazers, right, I would want Mitchell Robinson. I would definitely take RJ. 
and I'll either take either if, if you if you want to, to either give me Ob no definitely Ob Ob and Ob and or Knox because Knox is not going to get any playing time. So okay, that might have been the dumbest trade I've ever heard of. You said if I'm the Blazer, you said who I who what why who, would I want you that said who would you want you said who would you want if I oh my god. So you gave me a hypothetical trade, right? You said if but you're the least, players, right, who would you want? Who would you want for the? Wait, wait, wait. You got to make trades that make sense. Why would I want any of that for the for for if I'm the Blazers? Okay. I'm trying to like one. get the Western oh, Conference God. Finals. Okay. So one, I get a scoring RJ, right? I get another center that plays defense that could clog their paint in Mitchell Robinson, and I get and I get and and I also get an uh, athletic wing. That could have probably helped me out on defense in uh in Knox. Like, they don't stop anybody. You gotta think, like, Portland really does not stop no one. Like, Portland, like, people just score, people could score on Portland, like it's not a thing, dog. So I need people that's at least gonna try to play defense. I'm thinking defensive, like who's there, who like on who's on who on the Knicks could like actually play defense? Julius Randle's on a one-year right. contract. Simple question, because this is not a, mm-hmm. this is not a, he's on a two-year contract. Mm-hmm. He, this is this is a simple question. Well, this is not has one a weak chain sport. This is a strong. This is a weak chain sport. Meaning, I just mm-hmm. need one or two elite guys to change mm-hmm. around my franchise to make mm-hmm. them to be good. The Lakers missed the playoffs mm-hmm. last the season that AD wasn't there. They got AD. They won the title. One dude. Changed that whole thing. They had a bunch of Jags and LeBron James. Okay? Who of the guys you picked you think is going to be as good as CJ McCollum? Of course no one on the team is going to be as good as CJ McCollum because when CJ McCollum is a borderline all-star. So now you have a 30-year-old... Hold on. You have a 30-year-old superstar. Uh You're now... Taking mm-hmm. five guys who you don't even know are going to be good or not in the postseason, and you're trading away your second best player. That's I mean, dumb. Trades and you're trying to make a West. Unless you're going to like just blow it up. It's like all right, we're trading Dame too. But and how can you? But all right. So wait, wait. Who would you take on the Blazers? Who would you take on the Blazers? That's a better question. Who I would you take? Any of them? Because the trade doesn't make any sense. Dog, you just asked me who would I take on the Blazers, and then you criticize my. You because, criticize my answer. I'm literally trying to explain but to you, you the trade me. doesn't make any sense. Either way. Okay, the, the trade doesn't, make, the any doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. For the Blazers, it doesn't make any sense. Dog, for the sake of this podcast and for sake of content, I answered your question. I'm not going to, but, but I think it's like, I don't want to have like unnecessary conversations. <laughs> you like you said, who, talking about what you asked so me a simple so question. Of course, it'll be dumb. Of course, it'll be dumb. No one's asking that. Oh, God. Okay. If like those things aren't going to happen. They're not trading him. They're not trading. I don't think they're trading him at all. But even if they were going to trade him, they're not trading him to the Knicks. Okay. But if you ask me a question, I'm going to try my best to answer it. I'm not going to just brush it aside. All right. Do you want to? Do you, do you understand that? Of course, I understand okay. that. I just think okay. again, like my point was always simple. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't moving, understand moving the- along, moving along. So what about Porzingis? Like what? Like they said that they were quietly uh, shopping him around just to see, just to test the, um, just to test the market. Where you think this coming? This coming from them actually wanting to trade them, or 
you think this is just like another one of these um media tricks? I don't think there's any media tricks. I think there's some validity to the idea of them thinking about trading him. Uh, do I think they will trade him? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's 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 a little mixed bag. Right now, he's really the only thing they can trade. They don't really have any young players who appeal to a lot of teams. It's going to make a major difference outside of Porzingis. They're obviously not trading Luka. Um, they can't trade any of their first-round picks until 2027 because of the Porzingis deal. The only way, if they're going to want to make a real push and get better and, like, you know, let's say maybe make one of those top five seeds in the, in the Eastern Conference – I'm Western Conference, I'm sorry. They're going to have to trade Porzingis. And for me personally, I think this is more of something that, that would take place in the offseason rather than during the season. Just because, look, as someone who, who was saying that this guy was somewhat overrated, you, you have to take the whole bag of, of Porzingis and, like, kind of feel, feel it out, right? And when he's at his height, this guy is really one of the best players in the league. He can get you 30 points, like 12 rebounds, get you four block shots, make two or three threes, and really be a difference maker and protect the paint. On his lows, he's missing, missing. He's missing two, two of every three games and giving you like 17 and seven. That's not worth $158 million. Um, if I was them, I think what's the – there's a phrase – that um that uh Pat Riley Pat Riley coin. I think it's, it's called you have to be this your your own the savior of your own disasters. And what I mean by that is like they have to figure this out because unless they want to trade Porzingis, and I don't think they really should honestly now. I think they should. Um, I think the value of having him on their team makes better sense than trading him for again it's it's the four quarters one dollar trick um they're not equal and so i think that they'll keep him for the season i think they will look to trade him after the season if he continues this up and down play which, I mean, look, he's in year six, and this has kind of been his career the last three years. It's up and down play. He's there. He'll give you good games, and he's out for four games. Then he's there, then he's out for four games. And it's like, I don't think it's cause for panic because they'll have Luca at, at least for the next four seasons after this season because he'll sign his extension. Um, but – or five years after this season. Um, but – yeah, it's like they're not gonna. They're not. They're not gonna. Uh, I personally don't think they should trade him. Personally, I. I think I beforehand, even before we even got on this, the only trades I was thinking about that kind of made sense. And again, this is four dollars for for one dollar for four quarters type of deal. I thought Chicago made some sense. If you got, let's say, Larry Marketing, Kobe White, and let's say a first round pick. And then maybe you take that first and you send it to Houston to get Victor Oladipo. Um, I thought about that. I also thought about Sacramento. You can get Harrison Barnes. His his money works with uh, um, 
what's it called with Mel, with Marvin Bagley, and then you also get their first round pick, and you do the same thing. You just send it to the Rockets to get Victor Depot. Those two trades made some sense to me, but again, if I'm Dallas, I'd rather just roll the dice with Porzingis for the rest of this season and just see. How, I'd rather play it out because to me, with those trades, you are putting a lot of pressure on Luca to figure it out, and you don't have your pick this year. So, if if anything, I'm trading Porzingis at the end of the season if they're going to trade him at all. Okay. If you trade him more at all, you'll trade him at the end of the year. So, switching gears. So it's been announced the um, East and Western All Star Reserve. So I'm going to quickly do the Eastern Conference list first, and then you can let me know if you agree or disagree. You ready? Yep, go ahead. James Harden. Yep. Jalen Brown. Yep. Jason Tatum. Uh-huh. Julius Randle. Of course. Nick Vucevic. Uh, yeah, I agree. Simmons. Yeah. Zach Levine. Yeah. Okay. On the Eastern Conference, right? Who would you say, if anyone, was a snub? You have – I'm going to I'm gonna bring up some um, names. Just... So, yeah, I, like, look, I'm oh, very snub. happy that Randall made the team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to keep going. Um, I think – I'm very happy. Like I said before, I'm very happy that Randall made the team. I thought that he – should have made the team uh, well, you know, well beforehand. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, snubs. I don't, the only person that I was surprised who made the team was Vucevic. I was a little surprised because his team is, is three and 18. Um, but he is having a tremendous season. Like the entire team's kind of falling apart. Um, I'm surprised he made it honestly more over Sabonis than over I think a lot of people are talking about him making it over Bam. I'm surprised he made it over Sabonis. I had Sabonis in with Randall. Um just because his team's playing well, he's in the playoffs and whatnot. Um I would say Sabonis would be the guy, but I don't really have a problem with Vucevic making it. There Vucevic has better numbers than Sabonis and like literally about- his entire team is falling apart. Like that's not that's not high Tobias Harris. He has no point guards <laughs> anymore. Okay. No, there's not. Well, so now we're going to go. I I agree with you. Um, I don't really have any beef with Eastern Conference. Um, All Star uh, reserves. I might with the Western Conference. All right, let's see. Damian Lillard. CP three. Of course, yeah. AD. Yeah, yep. Gobert. Of course, yeah. Zion. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had this uh, talk spider. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, Paul George. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now we're excluding your boy yeah. Shea Gilders, Alexander, Devin Booker, Ja Morant. Yeah, I was fine with all those guys not making it. Like, there's no one really that mm-hmm. I was – the Western Conference to me wasn't hard, you know? Like, the Western Conference wasn't a hard uh, 
was a hard um, place to call just because, like, um, I don't think there was that many candidates. I think the only person you might have had a potential with was maybe uh, what's his face, uh, Mike Conley. Yeah, because AD could have gotten hurt, in, so which he could still yeah, get in. They're gonna have to. Um, yeah. Yeah, because AD's hurt, so someone's getting in. Either Conley or Booker are getting in. You know, and so like. To me, it's more of like, I didn't really have a problem with anyone making it in. I would have liked Collins to make it. It's not a big deal if he didn't make it or not. So, no, I don't I have a problem with any of these guys. So, all right. Make it in. So, all right, there's been a big talk about these guys not wanting to play this game, right? Do you think, and this is just going mm-hmm. off the cuff, do you think, like, guys like LeBron and probably Kawhi, Katie, do you think they get a minute's restriction in the game, an actual game? I think it's something that will be unspoken about, but I definitely do think that a lot of guys can get a lot of minutes. I think the this would be like a younger guy kind of kind of thing, just because like um, I think no one wants their guys hurt, you know. No one wants the, their big dog play. I think it'll be a lot of guys who are like either really young, like Luca and um, you know, like Jalen Brown, Tatum. I think a lot of those guys have got a lot of minutes, and a lot of first timers, um, Randall, Zion. He's young and it's his first time. Um, I think, I think those guys will will get a lot of run. But like the guys who are in like the thirteenth All Star game or the fifteenth, I think. What's his face? I think LeBron's in 17. I think he's literally made it every year after his first year. Um, I think LeBron gets five minutes, and he's not playing. Bleacher Report had, like, a whole um, recap of the 2001 All-Star game, and that comes to – and that makes me um, come to this um, point that I'm about to make. Well, not a really – well, I'm about to just make a statement. Um, Out of all the All-Star games that I've seen in my life, dating back all the way to 2000 was when I first, I think, Started like consi- like consistently watching basketball. Two thousand one's All Star game was the best All Star game I've probably ever seen. A close second would be Jordan's last All Star game, and rounding out the top three would be last year's All Star game. The first um two thousand one's All Star game because t- at the time T Mac was like my favorite player, and this was like his first time as an All Star. Plus, like Stephon Marbury went dumb. Kobe and Stephon Marbury went dumb in like the last few seconds of the game. Like they were like both hitting back to like they they went for a little duel. Um, Kobe hit back to back um jump shots and Steph just went well. The first Steph went off and shot uh about um he hit like two threes in the same exact spot back to back. Like that was like one of the best All Star games I've ever seen. Jordan's last All Star game. Jordan actually hit a rainbow fadeaway jump shot over Sean Marion. To uh, go up by uh, to go up by two, and then after that, Jermaine O'Neal fouls Kobe in the corner, and Kobe shoots free throws to tie up the game and send it to overtime, where the West ultimately won. Um, it didn't go down to the wire in the in overtime, but it did go to uh, almost go down to the wire during regulation. So that's why I, that's my second favorite, and also because people hated Kobe. Like, fuck, Master Flex went on like a whole rant calling Kobe a sucker and. 
this day and the third on his um on his radio show that night. I remember that vividly. Um, last year's was like my third favorite because it was like everybody was like it brought back that feeling like damn like like the best players in the world like actually going at each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh yeah. everybody was like invested. Like Joel Embiid was invested. LeBron wanted to was invested. Like Harden. Kawhi, Giannis, like they they had Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry, like it was it was it was really really something special. Um, what is your favorite All Star game? If you can't remember your favorite All Star game, like what are your like favorite All Star game memories? I'm after. No, nah, honestly, my favorite All Star game might have been last year. Like last year was elite. It was everything. It was the Kobe stuff. It was. I just like guys playing hard. Like, it used to be before the last maybe like four or five All-Stars, um, I'm talking about, you know, prior to last year's, where like, guys, you know, you're kind of fucking around the first half. And like, I understand, you're kind of like, I've, I've played basketball. Basketball's the one thing where you can kind of fuck around with for a bit and like still be wildly entertained, you know? And, but the fourth quarter, guys would start to play. And that was always my thing where it was like guys were just like not fucking like playing at that point. It was just like a dunk contest. Like, all right, this is boring at, at some point. Last season was great. The, it was a perfect blend to me of guys making shots, like making like, all right, I'm going to make, um, I'm going to make like big shots and stuff like that. Like I, I can make like, you know, bounce pass dunks and stuff. It was a blend of that with like intensity. And that's what I like. I like in the first part, you're like kind of playing well. You're like kind of like trying to play. And then like the rest of it, you're kind of screwing around, screwing around, screwing around. And then when the fourth quarter hits, you're playing. And that's what I wanted. I want guys to play. And for me, that to me was, was the best part of the whole thing. And I really liked it. I really enjoyed last year's All-Star game. I liked the fact that, you know, unfortunately, I didn't like the fact that Kobe passed away, but like, um, you know, Kobe passed away, and like that was part of it too. So like, there's a lot of stuff about that that All I right, really cool. enjoy. Uh, Completely switching gears. How do you feel if you're Austin Rivers right now? Like, I'm watching this. I'm watching Nick game, and I got quickly now I have D Rose. Um, I remember Austin saying something to the effect that, "Yo, if the Knicks are gonna come back, you gotta have people willing to come and play in New York City. I'm that guy." Yada yada yada. But now it seems like he's not – he's basically not getting any playing time, any adequate playing time. And he's, he actually signed as a free – he signed a, he signed as a free. Uh, well, he's been terrible. Feeling that – thinking that he could restore the feeling back to the building. And he, although the feeling is uh, back somewhat, what do you think he, he's, like, going through? Like, do you think he's like, damn, like, why did I sign him? Uh, I think he's a professional and knows that he's about to get traded. Um, I think, look, like he, I watch every, I watch every next game. I watch every next game this year, I think, except for one. He's been good in two games. Actually, I said it back. He's been good in, in two separate halves of, of two different games. He was good against Utah in the first half. I mean, the, in the, yeah, in the first half of the last time they played them, 
the game they lost. And I will give him credit. There was a game when they played in New York and Austin Rivers took over. And he was able to um, and he was able to lift them to a victory. They do not win that game if it wasn't for Austin Rivers. But like he's been terrible. Every other game in between that, not like, oh, he hasn't been that good. He's been terrible. I'm talking about like his shooting has plummeted. He doesn't shoot as soon as at that the average for him. There were for a player like him. Yeah, he's not a, he's not elite. Yeah, he's not a good shooter. He's not elite at anything on the court. And so it's like what's really frustrating. Well, I think the main thing that was really frustrating, and like you see it a lot more now, because Derek Rose kind of took his spot. You see it a lot more now with um with Rose instead of Rivers. Is yeah, Rose that's definitely will yeah, yeah. Push the pace very much. And when Rose has mm-hmm. and when Rose has someone like Toppin in the game, mm-hmm. he's passing him the ball ahead of time. Like Toppin several times will beat his man yeah. down the court and Rivers will just not pass him the ball. Or they won't run any play like run any like mm-hmm. short um pick and roll for Ovi. None of that stuff. And it's he wasn't so taking frustrating any... to watch because it's like the guy obviously is struggling offensively right now. Like he clearly is like thinking a lot more than just reacting. So how to get someone out of that if you just play basketball is running the floor. Um, and like getting lobs, leaking out, stuff like that, like yeah, getting was... open jumpers, and Rivers was just not doing that. So I think if you are, um, I think if you are Austin Rivers, like you're thinking, like I'm gonna get traded. And I I remember when he signed the contract that he did, I was talking to my boy, and me and him were shocked. We we're like, Austin Rivers is pretty good. Why is he signing essentially? Because initially I thought it was one for ten year, one year for ten million. That's what I initially thought it was. But um, it would end up being three for 10 and the last two years weren't guaranteed. So I understand now more why he has that contract because he has been awful. Like awful. Outside of two different games, he's been really All right. bad. Do you think the Knicks try to see if they could um... – Get uh, find their way into the uh, Andre Drummond uh, lottery. No, no, I don't think any. Uh, no. no, they don't need Andre Drummond, and no, I think Drummond is going to go. I don't know. You hear you hear a bunch of conflicting reports. There's a bunch of reports saying that they're going to buy him out. There's a bunch of reports saying there's eight teams interested in him. I don't know. I think a lot of it is the if the Knicks are involved in that trade in any way, it would be. Oh, I'm sorry. Not 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 as a trade. I'm sorry for not being twenty-eight million dollars specific. Not as a trade, or not necessarily as a trade. So, say if they buy him out, you think the Knicks won't? Um. No, I think if the Knicks, I think if he gets bought out, he's going to go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Because Brooklyn has a chance to win a championship. And I think he knows that if he's part of a team that wins a championship, he plays longer um, and looks better on his resume. Quiet is kept. Quiet is kept. So this might, quiet is kept. This might be a wild, a wild ass take. But if the Knicks can get to that sixth spot and avoid that playing tournament, 
right? With the way this season's been going, and like all the back-to-backs and the miles being put on these players, right? If they could, if they could somehow get, let's just put it out. Let's be hypothetical. Who, who, who's like in that tenth, that tenth spot? Well, right now I think it's the Heat. I think it's right now. I think the Knicks are seven, uh, Chicago's eight, Charlotte's eight nine. And I'm pretty sure the Heat are tight. Right, so and eleven is the are the Hawks. But I mean, shit. Look at the the Wizards are. If uh, the Knicks, if the Knicks, the Wizards get are still right the, there. All right, let's say the Knicks get to the fifth spot, right? The team in front of them, the team in front of. I think not to cut you off. Not to cut you off. I, I'm just making. A, I just want to make an observation. I think that right now they're stealing with the team they have right now. Is the sixth spot. I don't think, but that's I what don't I'm saying think they have enough offense but, to but, get but, any but, but, higher. But this is what I'm saying, though. And the if you are but able yeah, to get Andre Drummond off, or coming off a buyout, right? And you're able to get the fifth seed, they'll either have to play the Celtics or probably a team like what, Indiana? Damn, hold on. I, I don't have the conference standings in front of me right now. Like, hold on, let me go to the conference standings. No, right now if they get the fifth seed, depends. Right now, number one is is the Sixers. Number two's uh, the Bucks. Number three's no, I'm lying. Number one's the Sixers. Number two are the Nets. Number three are the um, Bucks. Number four. That's what I'm saying. Pacers. But that's what I'm blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm saying number though. If you if you are... get if you get Andre Drummond off a buyout, right, and you get the Pacers. But though, if you get the Pacers, I just don't think you need Andre Drummond in the in in, in the first round. But my point is this: in the like, first, it, it comes down to like it comes. But my point is this: it comes down to it comes down to to not only team building, but it comes down to what is that doing? And to me, it's like I just don't see what. But you just Andre Drummond but you just said that really adding offensive fire, uh, for, firepower for the low. Yeah, but that's not the offensive player that I think they need to get. I think they need to get a scoring guard. That's the offensive player that I'm talking about. So, like, I think – and, again, that's why I'm saying I don't think they're really going to do anything. I personally think if they got Lonzo, that would be really interesting because I think Lonzo will help speed up the pace. I don't think they would do that because Tibbs doesn't like guards who can't get into the paint, and Lonzo is not a guard that gets into the paint. I think this is going to be I, – I, I'm really trying to think, unless, they, unless they're like, fuck it, we're going to go get Victor Oladipo, or they're going to um, trade a lot to get, you know, Bradley Beal, who, again, I don't think the Wizards are going to trade. I don't see the trade, like, that's available for them to, like, really pick up their offensive futility. I think the best – case that they can hope for is like maybe but I'm saying get though, like, Oladipo, defense, but again, he's hurt. But my so take, I, but, I just don't see the... Well, the, well, the, well my the, take is the, with the their defense, there. right, and their post play, I think they'll wash Indiana, right? They'll wash Indiana first round. And if they're able to get a beat-up Sixers team, right, with Joel Embiid's like history of just being like, you know, out getting sick, 
getting sick, getting I, wait, I got the Sixers in the finals. Getting man. sick. I don't think the I don't, getting I don't sick, think the Knicks, the Knicks getting sick those elite teams. And again with their defense and their post play. Like I think I could I could buy the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I could buy I could buy that. I could buy that. Okay. I can buy that. Drugs, my brother. We have, I can we buy have it, to, man. We have to call this. I can buy it. No. No. You're on drugs, bro. The Knicks, we have to the Knicks are going to wash. We've been for an hour. The Knicks We're could done. wash We're Indiana, We're done. right? We're done. We're done. We're done. They're not. If done. they just make it just if they just on happenstance. Look, as, a, as a guy who, is, who, is, who has seen all the pain of being a Knicks fan. I mean, I've seen everything from them getting smoked by 50 points in the garden. I've seen them lose out on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I am not a homer. I am not some guy who thinks like this is going to be the greatest thing in the world. If they just get to like a game six or seven in the first round, greatest, now they have one to of the to best that. seasons I've had in my life. That's all I need. Yeah. Honestly, that's that's all I need. Because I had the, that they, much. They, they got it, man. I think they could be a fifth seed. So, no. There is no chance. There is nothing. Again, I'll even if they got Beal, which they're not, even if they got Beal, they're going to have to give up so much that this season they would be lucky to make round two. So it's just for me, if this is, which I think, I do think they're going to make a trade. I think they're going to get somebody else in here. I don't know who that person is. I don't think it's Andre Drummond. Now, to your point, I, I, Read that the Knicks have kicked the tires on Drummond, which, like I said before, they they're talking to everyone. I don't think they're going to sign like trade for Drummond. I think if they were to get Drummond, they would sign him as a buyout guy. And New I just York don't think Drummond's going to come here as a buyout guy. I think he's going to go to the. Nets. I'm saying, like, if 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 they get think, Drummond, either the Nets, or if they get the Drummond on a buyout, means that he will and be. reach that fifth that fifth seed. They're gonna beat the shit out of Indiana. They'll beat the shit out of Indiana. I I can see them beating Indiana. Sure. Now, my thing with the Sixers, if the injury bug hits the Sixers, which is a good chance, it was a good possibility. They they'll they could they could they could make it to Eastern Conference Finals. But those are again those are hypotheticals. But I'm saying like they'll de- me personally, I I definitely see them. Their ceiling being the fifth seed. That's I think that's their ceiling, even without Drummond. If they get Drummond, they're definitely getting out the first round as a fifth seed. But switching gears, but right. switching if you, if gears again now. Um, what was it over the weekend with the snow in Houston? It happened over the weekend, right? So over the weekend, there was a big um snowstorm yeah. in Houston. Um, this is one of the those one of these um freak occurrences, um that happens from time to time. The last I think the last like big snowstorm that caused like somewhat of a um of like a power outage and then a lot of confusion is um what happened in twenty eleven. They're probably going out. So yeah, there's been a whole there's mm-hmm. a, been a big huge um massive um snowstorms in uh Texas which knocked out about. I'll say 80% of Houston's uh, power grid. Um, Houston operates independently of... So there's so to get into it, there's three power grids in the United States. There's the Western and the Eastern power grid. And then you have Texas. Texas power grid, right? Now, Texas 
uh, wants to be. Mm-hmm. If they could succeed from the United States, they would, in a heartbeat. They want to operate independently. Yeah, I didn't even know. Not to cut off your whole thing, I didn't even know yeah. that they uh, they had yeah, their own so, like, power generator. Yeah, so the only there, that. if they could succeed from the United States, they would. They don't want the government snooping around in their business. They don't want government regulation. They're big on deregulations, and they're also big on natural gas, right? So what happened in Texas is that um, thousands of people lost their power due to the, uh, I guess, uh, the grid that runs their power throughout the state froze and broke, meaning that they weren't uh, weatherized, right? But what mm-hmm. started to make their rounds in the media, and again, you have to give it to these Republicans, they're great at um misdirection. Like they will they are great at they are great at deflecting. Mm-hmm. So what they basically, even though all the scientific experts pointed to the power grids not being weatherized and the actual um pipes uh freezing and and bursting throughout the um the grid in in Texas, they still managed to blame it on the Democrats and their proposed Green New Deal and blaming it on wind turbines that don't even power up thirty percent of Texas and weren't weatherized themselves. That did break. The wind turbines did break, but again, they weren't weatherized because you also have. Uh, wind turbines in Antarctica, and you also have them in Colorado, and you also have them in Utah, and they're just fine. What do you think, what is your opinion about the way the Republican uh, Party has been able to, uh, I want to say misdirect, everyone knows the problem, but they were able to plant the seeds of, oh, this is because the Democrats in their Green New Deal Again, uh, messing up the way they do business. I mean, this has been like par for the course of like what we've discussed on this podcast several times. It's like, it's very good at at the ability to like change directions and not really kind of address the issue or stuff like that. Like, I don't, I, this, this topic really became kind of weirdly political for some reason. Politics is in. It really shouldn't have been. I mean, it's about politics and windmills and green energy and all sort of stuff. Yeah, and like, look, I think I personally just think like it was something where, um, I just think personally it was something that the um that the Republicans looked at and was like, look, we got to save face and. This is another reason why, and you know, look at it if you were talking about political, like how um, Texas might go blue in a couple of years. I never thought, and obviously, the day that Texas would be blue, but if you look at like the people moving to Texas, especially from um, you know California and like all like the liberal quote unquote states, and like just just the demographics of our country, I mean, like. The whole game of Republicans is to not let certain people vote. That's kind of a game, you know? They want less people to vote. Less people to vote makes it easier for them to make, uh, to win elections. And 
the fact that it was just basically spin and like the spin didn't even make any sense of like what it was blamed on and all sort of stuff. It is just like, I feel like when they have a lot of opportunities to just like do the right thing and like actually just show like, all right, this is what we want to do. Like this, let's, let's, let's step up in a time of crisis. They constantly complain and do nothing. So, you know, like my man Ted Cruz literally flew with the suitcase to Mexico and then said, I was dropping off my uh, kids. Okay, bro. <laughs> you were dropping off your kids with the suitcase. There you were. You. Hey, uh, I know you stepped away and went to the bathroom, bro. Got your headphones in and everything. So yeah, turn it that way. There it is. Other way. Yep. Nope. There it is. People can't see. But I'm really struggling with them headphones. <laughs> I I just said. Um, in terms of uh, Texas going really blue, good. I really don't see them going blue. Um, last nah, man. The, you know this one blue this yeah. time. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was close. Close. Ted Cruz. It was like 50, yeah, Ted Cruz. It was fifty-one Ted forty-eight. Cruz mopped the floor. And that's not cool. That's like that's like New York going red and like, like it's different. Like if New York, like New York blue and Texas red, they're not the same. Yeah, New York blue is like seventy thirty. Texas red, yeah, but I'm just going by one forty-seven. I'm going by like you should be winning the Texas by like uh, their um center, like the center race with Ted Cruz. He mopped the floor with his. Democratic rival, also uh, Texas Governor Abbott, mopped the floor with Beto O'Rourke. But Texas to go blue, and plus they have a PhD. They, Texas down there just have a PhD in racism, and they also have a, a, a PhD in voter suppression. So it's going to be pretty hard for Texas. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. cities. It's the cities you got to attack. You got to attack Houston. You got to attack Dallas. You got to attack San Antonio. Yeah, those then, are the those are the Democrats. Um, yeah, they. I, I, you know, it's not. I, I really don't see it. Not in the next election, at least. But um. Yeah, switching back back to um Texas and their progress. So one so uh there's a company, there's a nonprofit, a nonprofit uh independent um organization that runs Texas's power grid. It's called ERCOT. It's the Electrical Reliability Council of Texas, right? They're non again, they're a nonprofit. Um Governor Abbott has said that he is going to set up an investigation into the um into the company and how and their handling of the this um snowstorm. So we're going to keep a close eye on how that um investigation pans out. But uh again, uh to bring up the senators and the Republican leadership of that state, uh it was <laughs> it was found out through social media that uh Texas um state senator ted cruz was caught on a commercial flight going to cancun was it cancun or cabo it was cancun mm -hmm. it was okay yeah it was uh when, a flight cancun, headed to cancun. Cancun. when everyone found out of course there was a big uproar on social media even um his own people in his own party was saying how stupid that move was to at, at a time like this. Um, 
You had Democrats like um, AOC come down to Texas with uh, $3 million raised for people that were suffering with no light, no heat, no power. Um, Ted Cruz uh, returned and, of course, blamed it on... He said that his he just wanted to give his daughters a mini vacation, that they were cooped up without any, any heat, lights, and stuff. He just wanted to give them a, a, a mini vacation. Then... <laughs> He went on to uh, blame the Texas problems on again the Green New Deal. What? All right, I, I guess this will go back into your point about Texas becoming soon to becoming a blue state. What do you think about a AOC um, raising three million dollars and B? What do you think about Ted Cruz's um? I guess political blunder. Ted Cruz going. I mean, look, like, I think that um, it was a stupid move. I think he just didn't think he could. I just think he didn't think too much into it and was like, look, like, I'm just going to make this move. It's not going to be a big deal, whatever. And, like, I don't know what he could have been thinking. He, I think he was very much like, look, I'm going to get out of here and do whatever. I don't know why he would think that in the age of, like, technology and, like, I don't know, like you're yeah. not gonna be. Low, I was watching, like I was watching a Ted, yeah. uh, you're not Joe Rogan clip about this about Ted Cruz going to Car- uh, Cancun, and he and Joe was like, "Well, what what did you guys want him to do?" Well, several things. He could have stayed there and uh, helped um, work at the food pantry. Uh, devoted his time in situations like this as a politician, you can't. Stop and think that it's something that you can't do. There's always something to, something to do in situations like this. You can set up um something for people to go and get their food. You can set up food again. You can set up food pantries. You could set up um getting people. People. I mean, people need their medication. You could probably work out a deal with a neighboring state to you know get some medication into the into the state and for people because I know people are most likely on um a lot of people that are on um that need insulin you know what i'm saying you could set up where people that need insulin can like mm-hmm. come to like come down to like your local church and like we could give out some insulin to you guys you could um i mean beta o'rourke one of the um states uh legislators legislative representatives he was on the phone he called up to 300,000 elderly people just to check in and say, hey, you guys are all right? Is there anything I could do? Like, it's always something uh, something that you could do as an elected official in these um types of um circumstances. And, like, he didn't answer the, he didn't answer the um call. He, he fumbled, he fumbled it. Of course. Yeah, like, he, he failed his And, it, yeah, I think, I think, look, like you said, like, it's all political. Um, everything is, is done to, to make a scene in that way. And so I think uh, with uh, AOC going down there and the, 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 the deflection into, into the Green New Deal being this, this problem, I think it's, it's simply just a matter of like, it's a bad look. Like I, I will argue that like, there's obviously like only so much you can do in a national disaster. He's not gonna fucking stop you. The, the, he's not going to change the weather, you know. But you got to be there, my G. Like, 
if your child breaks her arm, right, there's stuff you can do to help mitigate the situation. You can put them in a position to heal. Even though you yourself are not fixing or putting up the pins or having the surgery, you're the, doing stuff to help. The Republican fix Party is devoid of actual empathy. So if their daughters were to, say, break their leg, they wouldn't know, to me, anyway, they wouldn't know how to, like, be there just to comfort them. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, 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 I had a class in, in um, Long Island University, and my professor was talking about, um, they were talking about the ways that company, that private, private companies were taking advantage of net neutrality or what have you. And she, pre- she pretty much said that people, the rich corporations, right, that back Republican um, candidates, they're pretty much living for the now. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they know that they're not going to be on this, that time on this earth is going to be up. So they're trying to get as much money as they possibly can to live in the now, which is kind of fucked up. And it kind of like rings true because you could see like the Republicans uh, reaction to like climate change. And uh, there was a report that people in like some people in Texas don't even believe that there was a snowstorm. Like they like somehow got it into their heads that everything is fake and it's what's created by Bill Gates. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, yo, like, mm-hmm. what? Where are we going as a society when we, when we, when we, when we don't know how to just face facts like that, staring you dead in your face? You know what I'm saying? From now on, this is this is going to be like in 2011. It was a snowstorm, but this snowstorm was the worst. You know what I'm saying? That they've had in recorded history. So. And it's only going to get worse from here. Like, it's not going to double back and, like, say, oh, you know what? Uh, Yeah, we had that snowstorm, but that was, like, a freak occurrence. That won't happen. Like, history has a weird way of repeating itself. It did it with this virus, and it's doing it with uh, or down in Texas. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know what what what's it going to take for people to wake up and realize, like, yo, we have to do something. We have to do something about this planet. We have to to try to reverse the course on how we how we shared this planet. Like we see we even seen it during the um first few weeks of the actual lockdown. Like people like you can actually see mountains in LA's skyline. <laughs> China's popular China's air pollution was down one hundred percent. People had breathable air as soon as they walked outside. Like it's crazy the way we we, we treat where where we have to live. But that's for I guess that that argument was will be an ongoing issue. Um, again, thank you guys for listening to the respectfully unruly podcast. This is your boy AB, and just call him Just. You're gonna sign out for tonight. You guys have a great night and uh, uh stay safe and be blessed.